Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Welcome to World Spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions, with your host, Rev. Paul John Roach. So, hello and welcome to World Spirituality on the Unity Online Radio Network. I'm your host, Paul John Roach, coming to you live on U.S. General Election Day 2020, which is a strange thing to say, but... um, Here we are. And of course, we're on the uh, Unity online network. We can't get political, but we can encourage you to vote and and to exercise your constitutional right. If you have yet to do so, um, let's make every vote count and get out there and do that. So and that's probably the last thing we'll say about the election for this show. Um, Earlier in the year, I um, I welcomed a a guest who actually had a fascinating show. We talked about the wheel of the year. Um, I think it was in February. And so we talked about Imbolc and the coming of the springtime, the coming back of the light, amongst other fascinating topics. And today we talk about the coming of the dark, of winter, um, and the associated festivals of Samhain, which we've just been through, of... uh, of the solstice and Yule and the, the, the Christmas time festivities and going into the new year. Um, and so uh, my guest, Drusilla French, is a writer, a cultural mythologist, an advocate for women. She uh, founded the Foundation for Mythological Studies in Santa Barbara, California, and has written many art- articles in the fields of conflict resolution depth psychology, and postmodern archetypal psychology. She covers a lot of ground. She's also the author of two novels. So it's, again, a great pleasure to welcome Drusilla French to today's show. Welcome. Well, thank you. You certainly have covered a lot of ground, haven't you? But I guess they're all uh, interrelated in some way. And, and centered around that idea of uh, archetypes and mythologies and, and the way we uh, we approach life. And that fits in with the way we approach women as well and, and approach different cultural uh, norms, right? And the Wheel of the Year is, is a fascinating one, I think, that um, goes back many thousands of years, of course, and it, it, it's linked to, to Mother Nature, right? So it, it's... Um, it's something that's relevant to us all. You know, if we're, we're living on this planet, we're involved in the wheel of the year, yeah? That's right. It's grounded in the seasonal changes with the notion that with each cycle of the year, there's also a cycle in each individual lifetime. 
and that there's appropriate activities for different parts of the year. So we are going into, as you said, when I last spoke with you, we were entering into the time of longer and longer days. Now we're entering into shorter and shorter days. And that sort of alters our perspective on who we are and what we're about. So Become it's a time yeah. of... Go ahead. Sir? It's a time of, um, it's a time of harvesting in the sense that it's a time to stop and look back at a year and go, what did I create this year? What did I do with this, with this, with these 12 months? Um, certainly this has been a very strange one for most of us because we didn't do the same things that we normally do. In fact, a whole lot has happened since I last spoke with you or hasn't happened as the case may be. Um, I spent, I went in March to um, McLean, Virginia, where my husband and I have a home and stayed there until just recently. So we just kind of watched the seasons come and go in the backyard with very little going on in terms of business or um, work or family or any of those things that normally occupy our time. So I guess if we're looking at what did what was the cycle of 2020, it's certainly been an odd one, hasn't it? Absolutely, yeah, and it's um, it's caused us to, you know, many ways shut down. Um, some people, of course, had to get out there and, and, you know, essential workers, and and we give thanks to them, you know, whether they be nurses and doctors, caregivers, the police, um, or people who are working in stores, you know, and providing all the goods that we need. Um, they have faithfully right. uh, con continued to do their work, and without them would be in a lot worse situation but but you're right for many of us it's been a, a time of um, lockdown and um you know just sitting at home i mean i'm i feel very blessed where we live for instance we have a lovely home and a big garden so we've able to emphasize uh, and work a lot in that you know more than we have in previous years so it's that's been a plus but but we have the the idea of being um you know uh, cocooned or quarantined has, has forced many of us to to sort of look at, look within, right? To, to see, well, what what is the the nature of happiness and the nature of productivity? Are, are there other ways to do things? And I know for some, it's been very um, you know frustrating. They just want to get back to normalcy, whatever that is, right? And uh, make it go away, kind of thing. So there's been that tension, I think, in our society too between. Those who, you know, are dealing with the COVID and others who just don't, don't want to deal with it, they want to get it out of the way so we can, we can move on. And that's not mm. easily done because um, it's, it seems to have a mind of its own, right? When we think we've got a handle on it, there's, uh, there's renewed cases as, as is happening right now. Yes. Well, uh, most uh, people who talk in metaphysical terms are saying that they don't think they will ever return to the same perspective that we had before this occurred, and, and with which I would agree. I, I think our relationship, as you said, your relationship to your garden, to, to nature, um, was altered. And usually summer is a time of being outside and very busy and a lot of work. And it, traditionally in this wheel of the year, this is the time you've 
gathered in your work. You've gathered in whatever it is you you do, uh, whatever it is you're tending in your garden, and uh, began to look at look at the cycle that's passed. But uh, one of the, I was thinking about this today as I was thinking about the election, and I thought this is a very appropriate time to think about um, the fact that we're all connected. And normally, the Sawain is it or the the um, Day of the Dead in many different religions. This is a time that we think about our ancestors. Um, but I was thinking today about not only our ancestors, but to think about those notions of reality that we have um, inherited or taken for granted. And this is the way it's always been. This is the way my family is. This is the way we, we quote, we look at things. And I think we're all kind of discovering that, we, that we're at a choice point um, about that. Do we look at the world through the filters of our family or our nation or our tribe, our culture, or are we being driven to look from a different perspective and make a choice about that? Or to say, are those things, are those beliefs that I have inherited from wherever I've collected them, my educational background, my my family of origin, my family of choice, and all of the choices that I've made. How do I feel about that? And do I want to continue in that vein, or is it time for a new perspective? And I think today's a very good day for doing that. Absolutely. And, um, you know, when when you watch the news too much, you know, uh, sometimes you see the division writ large you know that uh, because that's the nature of um the, the the partisan systems we're in it's the nature of media to you know to see dramatic contrasts and whatnot and and some of that may be true but some of it may be not so true as we think you know that that we there is a commonality that hopefully we can um we can emphasize right rather than rather than division um and that's that's uh, i mean it's different differing viewpoints is healthy, but when it becomes uh, you know anger with one side or the other, then it's it's not so helpful. And case in point, and I was driving with my wife down the highway yesterday to visit our uh, children and and the, the, our, one of our grandchildren, and um, car broke down, and uh, we, we had it towed and everything's fine now. But um, you know we were dislocated on the highway for a while. And and I, we were noting we had like five or six interactions with different people. Um, one, a, a Dairy Queen custodian who helped us, and then the auto parts store guy, and and then the the tow truck guys, and then the lady that whose house we were ha- stranded outside of came and talked with us for a while. But all of them were very different type characters, but all of them are very kind and. Um, and uh, you know, down to earth, ordinary folks, and uh, it was quite inspiring, actually, that uh, we're stranded in the middle of you know rural Texas, and uh, all these people are you know coming out uh, from their various places of work or whatever, and and, and sharing a moment with us, and it, and it was very heartening, actually, it was heartwarming, um, you know, that there wasn't any enmity, there was just uh, people talking, you know. 
and and we share so much more i think than uh, than divides us yes we do and i i think um i don't it's been interesting i've just moved into a new house and i don't have a working television and i find it that's okay with me <laughs> that uh i haven't missed it at all I, um and it's it's interesting that the media has decided that this is a time to emphasize our our differences and to sort of curry anger and hatred um which i don't find useful at all um i am sometimes befuddled by people's point of view about what's important in life but um simply because your point of view is different doesn't mean i have to hold animosity towards you and as you point out when occasions arise that we that we need to come together to address whether it be global warming or a car breakdown um we need to anchor in in empathy and in compassion rather than violence and hatred uh, i right, was reading exactly. an article this morning about uh, the man in texas who was tweeting and prided that he had tried to drive his car into Biden's campaign um bus and I'm like really why why is that a source of pride that you endangered <laughs> yeah. the lives of people you don't know um it's it's very strange and uh we seem to be going through a a metaphysical i believe we are going through a major metaphysical shift and i can't possibly guess what's on the other side i don't really know but it does right. feel to me like something is changing on a global level do and you that's feel often that way? the case isn't it we don't know when we're in the middle of it you know we can't even see it because it's different from the the, the level we're on at the present time you know that wasn't it the the famous third force theory you know you who was it that said you can't solve the problem at the level of the problem and uh, it, it, you have to go to that third level uh, which which is a completely new understanding right and and you have to faithfully pursue that really because uh, you know if you get stuck at the level you're at you you, you may self destruct you know you find it overbear overwhelming so we have to keep the faith mhm mhm well i think um so as we go into this this season um we're we're going to whether we are it it's as you pointed out there's some whose lives are more frantic and more nerve-wracking than ever before as they seek seek to deal with their health healthcare providers or they're dealing with poverty or they're dealing with crisis of all sorts and then there's some of us whose lives have been sort of slowed slowed um and yet you know all of us ha- still have a choice day to day about do we it do we live each day in a in a place of fear or do we live it in a place of of uh gratitude and a recognition that what we do in our time on on this earth does in fact carry forward and that that's part of the notion of ancestry is not just what has come before you but what you are how you're 
performing what you're doing in this lifetime and recognizing that its energy moves forward. So I think we're getting to take a look right now at choices we've made um, culturally and um, religiously. Um, I had a woman write me this morning early in the early morning, how did we get to this place? And I wrote back, well, I actually know the answers to that, which is we got to this place by acting as if, well, by living in mythologies that involve hierarchies or the belief that some people are more important than others, that some people have the right to control and exploit others, that um, that genders are not equal, that races are not equal, and that's how we got where we are. Um, and how we pick it apart is going to be a challenge, but I think we have reached a point where it's apparent that we can't continue in that vein. Right, and it's it's almost as if we can look at it objectively, you know, even though these are all the things you mentioned are, are fraught with... Um, with emotional baggage, but we, if we can look at them objectively and say, yeah, this is, this is how we got here. So what can we do to, you know, to move forward more effectively in the future? And uh, I think that's part of the key, you know, is, is um, again, not to get into the enmity, you know, that you did this and you were wrong to do this. Hey, it's a collective thing, right? We all did it. If we, if we allowed it to happen in some sense, uh, we're all responsible, right? So we're all also responsible I, I for- think Exactly. That's exactly what what I'm saying. The the positions we've held, even if it's just um, because in my family or because I'm white or because I'm a Texan or because I'm a Southerner or because I'm an American or um, I think usually this is the time of the year that we think about the 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 spectrum we live on, those who have come before and contributed to our lives and made us who we are. But I think it would be good in this in this season to go, what is it that I'm what is it that I stand for and that I and the way in what way am I being and how will that move forward? Right. Um, how will Very it good. move forward? Am I teaching Am I being a person who is elitist or am I being a racist or am I being a sexist or am I am I in any way being something that it that I don't want to go forward in in our world and I I always when I work with people I always emphasize their ability to make a choice and it's very right. interesting when people resist me and, and want to argue with me that they don't have a choice <laughs> because I'm like, why would you not want a choice? Why would you resist the notion that you have a choice? Because you do. You do have a choice about what you carry forward. Um, and just as, as, you know, I have a choice whether to watch hatred on TV or turn it off. I have a choice whether to... Um, assist the person whose car broke down on the side of the road. You know, we're all having lots of opportunities these days to help people who are in trouble. Absolutely. um, Who who are 
because there's so many people in trouble and uh that that is a has been kind of a good opportunity for me to have an a chance to show compassion and um generosity toward people who need it yeah well, I think people don't want a choice sometimes because then that means they're going to be responsible for something and they, they don't want the responsibility, you know. It's it's better to be a, <laughs> well, that a, a, a disempowered choice, victim than it? somebody that has to take responsibility. And I think we've all been there in different parts of our lives and we've realized hopefully that, you know, that that's not really helpful for us to, to be a victim. And um, But it takes courage to take responsibility, right? And... Um, to to move in a in a healthy direction in life and and you know often we see things in terms of them and us so if if you know if i give my power away uh, to them you know they they're, they're going to be able to control things but on the other hand if if i have power then what am i supposed to do you know so it's a double it's a strange little counterintuitive way of approaching life sometimes well, we're our own worst fun. enemies sometimes i think I'm sorry. Say that again. I said said we're 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 our own worst enemies sometimes. Oh, we're our own worst enemies. I I suppose that's true. But um, you know, if you don't recognize that you have a choice, it doesn't alter the fact that you have it. (laughs) You still have it, and you're still accountable. And uh, it's um, this notion of victim is a challenging one because. We are we are looking at situations where lots of people are dealing with things that are not of their creation in the sense that, you know, they caused it. And yet um, deciding to live your life in the archetype of victim is the most disempowering archetypal choice you can make. Um, right. That's the most disempowering mess you can live in is I have no power over my life and um, I don't ever advocate it even though it's quite possible for us to live with compassion for people who are ill or impoverished or going through terrible challenges right now but to say well you can't help it and you'll never be able to uh, have any control or any power over your life is just not a position I'm willing to support. Right. Well, you know, I uh, I did the uh, the Silent Unity prayer vigil yesterday on uh, what was it, November second, and um, I quoted that Rollo May famous quote about you know between stimulus and response, the, there's a space, you know, and in that space you have an opportunity to make a choice. You know, do I react to something? Or, or do I simply look and, and um, be creative? Because if I can be in that moment of, of choice between reacting and responding, then, then I they have freedom to grow um, and uh, to unfold. And, of course, it's a wonderful quote. It's exactly what we're talking about today, right? That um, it, yes, it's simply this, that space, that moment where we don't have to react. We can, we can just look with those eyes of... Uh, wisdom as we would say in unity and you know, from the christ if you like yes or um i think that's 
when what I talk about, there's a higher power, and it's in, in what, however you interpret that higher power, that's that moment when it when it speaks to you, and it's present, and you can listen or you can choose to ignore it, but it, it's present. Um, and so, you know, some people call it the uh, Christ in you, and some people call it other things, but it's. Uh, a sort of universal opportunity there for right. you to go, is this is this really, is this who I want to be before I drive my car into the bus or before I stop and help a stranger who's got, whose car is, maybe they have a sticker on their, on their car that is not the candidate I support. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. you know, would I stop? Would I not stop? Yeah. Hopefully but, uh, we would. Yeah, you, know, you have a. Mu- it's always yeah. there. Right. We 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 hopefully then, all going to be Mister Rogers and, <laughs> and help people, no matter who they are. You know, um, and he he's a very good example, I think, of this uh, caring response. Right to to look for the helpers whenever there's a tragedy. He encourages us to look for the helpers because there's always somebody around willing to help and then then that's the Mm -hmm. the joy of existence i think is that even in the most mean situation that there is compassion you know that there are people who are willing to care and not in uh, you know overly elaborate ways just just being simply there for someone you know it doesn't have to be a big deal it's just uh kind kindness is better than the other alternative i guess we could say so yeah all right i'm with i'm with uh Drusilla French, we're talking about uh, choice and and seeing beyond, uh, you know, what's right beneath our noses or in front of our eyes, seeing a greater opportunity even in difficult times. And we've been particularly focusing on the idea of dealing with 2020 and and COVID and and some of the uh, stresses that that has uh, engendered in us. Um, when we come back, I'm going to talk about how we resist the darkness, and we don't really need to do that. I know, I know, Drusilla is going to show us ways that it's it's not an enemy; it, it can be a comforting thing. This this darkness. So uh, join us uh, after these messages from Unity, and again, thank you for tuning in to uh, this show and all the other shows on this network, The Voice of an Awakening World. On this very interesting day, November 3rd, 2020, Election Day in America. Join us after these messages. Listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We now return to World Spirituality with Reverend Paul John Roach. All right, welcome back to today's show. I'm with Trucilla French. We're talking about the Wheel of the Year. 
And we're talking about deeper aspects of the wheel of the year, you know, how we make choices, how that influences the landscape, a uh, uh, psychological landscape of this planet, and, and actually all the other landscapes, depending on the choices we make, because we're in a time of uh, choice points in terms of how we, we treat our, our planet here. So that's very important, too. And I know many people are into the wheel of the year, very connected to nature, because as we referenced earlier, it's about the seasonal changes and, and the, the movement of uh, uh, the powers and forces of Mother Nature uh, and uh, throughout the, the, the planet that we have, which is our home. And uh, so we want to maintain and uh, nurture that, uh, that planet and Mother Earth and all the amazing diversity of the planet. And, and sometimes we haven't done such a great job of that. And uh, we hear these reports of the die off of a lot of species um, and diversity since uh, 1970. We've lost 65%, I think, of the, uh, the amount of an animals and plants on this, on this planet, which is uh, disheartening. So um, that's, a, that's a huge issue right now. One thing that uh, we fear, I think, is darkness, right? We, if you read a lot of biblical texts or uh, other Bibles or other cultures, uh, light is incredibly important as an image um, and, and, a, and a mo an archetype. But uh, darkness is often seen as, um, you know, evil or um, destruction or whatnot. But dark doesn't have to be like that, right? Divine dark is... Um, is a creative place as well, right? The subconscious, the uh, the deep uh, within of things. Uh, it, it can be a divine darkness. Yes, um, that notion of darkness being evil is um, a purely monotheistic construct, and it's not something that the that the Celts would have considered. Um, this, as we enter in the time of longer and longer nights, if you think about a world where you didn't have electricity and you didn't have uh, central heating and air conditioning, and, but in fact, you, your days were structured around how much daylight you had, and you have longer and longer periods of time when you are in darkness and you don't have a lot of tools for for uh, driving it backwards, how do you relate to that darkness? Um, the notion that it's evil is a is a pure, purely well, it's just a construct that I don't hold with. Um, it is in the first place, it's not an on and off switch. It's a process by which the day dies and the dawn comes, and there are, the, there are many hours. What do you do with them? And um, as you reach a point in, in the agrarian cycle where you had butchered the animals you were going to butcher, and you're trying to keep the others that you want to keep alive, and you, are, you have gathered everything there is to gather in terms of animals and plants and you're dependent upon, did you do it well enough to get yourself all the way till next spring? Um, and so part of that is part of entering in the darkness is a, is a kind of self-assessment, but it doesn't have to be unkind. It can simply be mindful. 
um, it's not a ju judgmental process so much as it is a mindful process of how am I doing? Am, am I being the kind of person that I want to be? Not am I successful or am I doing well in the sense of am I making more money or becoming more prosperous or do I have more power? But it's there is an opportunity in the darkness and in a kind of uh, time when you are less frantic and probably in more stillness to go inside and say, who am I, am I being the person I want to be? And we were talking about the notion of ancestry is not only those who came before you, but who are you and how will you be as time marches on and you're not with us, but what do you leave behind? Um, we were talking at the break about and some of my ancestors that I finally reached a point that I decided I didn't want to believe anything they had encouraged me to believe, that's, that's the power of choice. Um, to go, I don't, I don't believe in a, I don't believe that women are inferior to men. I don't believe that one race is superior to the other. I, you know, I don't believe a lot of things that my ancestors held to be true. And, Certainly my children and grandchildren will have that option themselves. But right. nevertheless, Absolutely. the choices we make, they they have power and, and they move they live that power lives beyond us. So in, in one of the gifts of uh COVID is I've heard a lot of people talk about it they've slowed down and they've let go of a lot of activities that they had before. And it opened the door for some mindfulness that, that they might not have done. My husband didn't watch thousands of hours of football. Um, so he read a lot more books. And he now always read a lot of books, but and he watched he, he watched some interesting television um series in from beginning to end. I, I never could get him to watch Call the Midwife, and then he became hooked. But um, we've we've had the time to do some things in depth, and we've had some times to. I've read a whole lot of books that have been sitting around, and I bought them and haven't taken the time to read them. And it's been I did a whole deep journey into. Um, various deaf psychologists that I had their books, but I hadn't read them. And uh, it was a great experience for me in the spring and all through the summer to just have the luxury of reading one after the other after the other and watch the evolution of their thought. Those are the kinds of things that darkness used to offer our ancestors and, uh, now it doesn't certainly doesn't force us to go to bed when the sun goes down, but we are experiencing some limitations that we didn't have in years gone by. Right, and it's sort of symbolic of that dark downtime, isn't it? You know, in, the, in that sense that things have been switched off, if you like, so that we can do something else. And uh, I, right. I know, yeah, for me, it's it's uh, it's been a, a, a welcome respite. Uh, from uh, all the, the you know the 
activities we usually fill our lives with and just not going out to eat, for instance. I don't think I've been out to eat uh, more than once or twice in nine, ten months now. And uh, I haven't missed it. You know, I've, I've, I've cooked a lot at home. I've enjoyed that. And I realize how much of my time I'm, I'm filling up with things that I don't really don't really sustain me deeply. Um, and yeah, I've had more time to read and uh, just to be with my wife and and, uh, you know, enjoy my garden, enjoy the eternal verities, if you like, ra rather than the, the transient things. And uh, I, th I think going into that time is, uh, you know, could be very fruitful in, in that regard. Um, you know, in, in Game of Thrones, the, the, the phrase was winter is coming, you know, um, as, as if that's the sort of a, a cast phrase for terror, you know, that all the things are going to overwhelm us. Uh, uh, and and, and the, the true winters didn't come every year, you know, they only came every so often. So it was like, oh, my goodness, the cataclysm is coming. Um, but but really, I don't see it quite like that. You know, I, I see it as a um, enfolding presence, this darkness, you know, that, uh, that it's like when the when we turn off all our lights or a power outage happens, we suddenly see the stars like we haven't seen them for generations. And uh, mm -hmm. so the darkness yields up some blessings, right? That we didn't see that were, that were there. Um, but we're, we're so filled with this need to um, rush around. All the lights have to be on all the time. Uh, the television's on, et cetera, that we, we don't see the things that are there to to enjoy, right? And they, they don't show up until we, uh, we stop. <laughs> yes, well, one of the notions I've been playing with is what happens if you stop looking at things in terms of dualities and right. rather look, look at a, look at it all as a, as a continuum and also stop valencing saying, well, this is plus and this is a minus and dark is bad and light is good or light is bad and dark is good. What, you know, what if we just stop that? And, um, recognize that those kinds of uh, judgments are assigned, arbitrarily assigned and have no real significance. Um, dark is not bad and uh, day, light is not good. And, you know, all, all I, I think that in the evolution of consciousness, binarisms are now supposed to be handled by by computers so mankind humanity can move along beyond it and see a reality that isn't isn't separated into plus and minus um because it's fallacious thinking that would be a lovely day when that comes yeah absolutely and of course we're sort of moving that direction even with computers now you know with quantum uh quantum computers that have moved beyond the by the binary right into Mm -hmm. into something even more fascinating. So who knows, you know, there, there's all kinds of possibilities. Um, and if you're yeah, in you, unity, you, you tend to be positive, even though, you know, sometimes we get overwhelmed, we tend to stay positive because we think that, you know, God is absolute good and um, we, we are, we're on, or the goddess is, whatever you want to look at it as such, um, and, and that we are in a benevolent, uh, benevolent universe. So um we we affirm that you know so a universe of choice like we said earlier and a universe of possibility before we run out of time i want to talk about a little bit about yule um and and the significance of that because 
you know, we're going into the dark and yet there's always light, you know, like you said, it's both and, right? So, so we have these warming festivals uh, of light in the midst of the dark. Um, and uh, Yule is one that, of course, in the, in the ancient times was as important as sort of falling out of favor, really. Now, we don't really talk about Yule. We talk about Christmas and the Christmas tree, which came originally from Germany, I think. But but the Yule Festival, you know, bringing in the, the old uh, oak log or whatever and burning it in the fireplace uh, is, is much more ancient, right? Yes. And because that was the moment, that's winter solstice, and that's when you begin to turn toward the light. So if you think about we've begun this journey into longer and longer nights and then when you hit the winter solstice that's the tipping point that you begin to make the journey back towards shorter and shorter nights and so if you i the image i think of it is like it's the light at the at the end of a tunnel or the the candle in the darkness it's the rebirth of recognition that light returns and um so that is why the Christians assigned that time as the birth of Jesus, not because Jesus was actually born on December 25th, but almost or many, many religions have the story of that is the same story as the story of Christ. And it's the death of a, the death of a, of a male who is then resurrected. Um, and, and it's Osiris, there's, there's lots of those stories about that. And um, so when they were creating the Christian calendar, they chose winter solstice to be assigned as the birth of Christ. And that makes sense, doesn't it? It's sort of fitting. And then, the, you know, again, they use the, uh, the, the spring festivals, uh, you know, uh, the Easter festival as a uh, time of uh, resurrection and rebirth, which links in with the, right. the fertility goddess and the, you know, those right. old traditions as well of, so of new the, life. The Christian, calendar, the Christian calendar was laid over on the pagan calendar for the reason that one, those that's the way people had been living and been worshiping. It is allowed a, more easy acceptance of Christianity, which the Romans were pushing, and um, but it also it it makes sense psychologically at a deep level. We feel these things, we know these things, and in unity, you talk about the Christ within. Well, that Christ within is living that cycle, but so is you know the Buddha within or whatever is your thing. Um, but we all go through this each each year, and we have this experience of of going into the darkness of our soul and emerging and finding uh, new hope and new life when spring comes. And this this past spring, we were just beginning this this going into this pandemic, and um, we've gone through it, and we're still in it, and. Um, so there's a sort of meta cycle going on, but um, yes, winter solstice is that moment, and it's if you think about it, it's like 
oh my gosh, there's a lot ahead of us. It's not like, oh, spring. No, there's a, it's a long time from when we first start turning back toward the light and the, and the nights get a little shorter. There's still a long, long time when it's very cold and the food is getting less and less and it's less and less interesting and there's nothing fresh to eat. And we've all been cooped up with our relatives and we're all looking forward to the day that the ice starts thawing and we can go outside and things start springing from the earth. And so that's when that hope is reborn is that, that day, that December 21, when you go, whew, at least we're over the hump. Um, and so yeah. that's what Yule is about. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I like it. I like oh. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Nothing. Just by February, we're like, oh my God. I always say that February is the longest month of the year. I don't care what anybody says. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we're finally ready. We're done. We're ready for the renewal. Yeah. We're well, you know, ready I, for us. I, I like I like Hinduism. I like Hinduism because um, nothing's off limits there. And there's a goddess in Hinduism called Chamundi, and uh, which literally means the emaciated one, because she's the one that's taken on all the diseases and and the horrific things that uh, exist in 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 our world. Um, uh, and yet she's the uh, she, she takes on all the sins and difficulties of life, if you like, and um, mm -hmm. uh, she's a, a, a form of the you know the, of of Kali, I guess, of uh, of the goddess of transformation. Anyway, there's yes. a novel by the great uh, Japanese uh, novelist uh, Suzaku Endo called Deep River, and it's it's set in Varanasi, and in it, the, some of the characters go down into the dark of this temple. Uh, to Chamundi and, and have a transformative experience of an epiphany down there. Uh, different ones. Everybody has a different view of this this goddess. Um, but I thought, you know, there we're, we're confronting. We're not shying away from. We're confronting the difficulty, um, the, the sadness of things, uh, and yet seeing it as an opportunity for transformation. And uh, to me, that's, that's writ large, you know, what we're going through with COVID, you know, is this idea that Yes, it's scary. And, you know, many of our fellow uh, compatriots are, are dying here um, of this of this disease, uh, uh, you know, and yet in the midst of it, there's there's an opportunity, as we said earlier, to, to discover something new, you know, that, that things will not be the same. Um, so, uh, you know, I like that idea of embrace, you know, that we're, we're not put, as you mentioned, it's not a question of light is good, dark is bad. No, they're, they're, they're equal partners in our journey to understand mm -hmm. things more fully. Right. And, and yes, and it's so, it's a challenge to embrace something like the, the global issues we're facing or the uh, pandemic, but it, it is what it is. We have it. And there is great wisdom in saying, what can I learn from this? What can what is this teaching me? Um, because to label something, well, this is evil, this is wicked, or even worse, to project onto others, this must be your fault. This must be the fault of our ancestors, or this must be the fault of 
those people, certainly not me, it's, we've talked about the issues of uh, responsibility and accountability. There is this desire to project onto others that whatever we're experiencing, if it's unpleasant, it must be someone else's fault. But that too is fallacious thinking. You have to be in it. Um, you have to be in it now. Be be here now, as you say. Um, you have to be in it. And, and you have to be in it in a way that is authentic and bring your highest and best self to it in order right. to find the gifts in this wound. Absolutely. You know, and the, my greatest enemy is actually my best friend, right? Because that person reflects is a mirror that reflects the the dark in me you know that i that i project out onto that person and if i can if i can see that and, and own that then it you know then the thing that seems to be a problem is actually uh one of the greatest breakthroughs that i might have so i think that's um there's a great uh a buddhist that says that he thinks those who speak ill of me are really my good friends when being slandered <laughs> i cherish neither enmity nor preference it grows within me the power of love and humility, which is born of the unborn. A lovely quote. Perfect. That's perfect for today, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, if you're listening live, you know we're going out uh, on Election Day 2020. Uh, once this is archived, it doesn't really matter, I guess, because um, we're going to be in... Uh, Another day, another world, another opportunity. But uh, but in this moment of time, we, we we were focusing our show in that direction. And I think because everything is universal, I think it'll be valid. I'm going to do one thing now. I'm going to ask uh, Drusilla to be thinking about something very uplifting to share with us for the last minute or so of the show. And And while you're thinking about that, Drusilla, let me tell everybody about next week's show, okay? And then we'll come back to you. Um, so next week, uh, professor, uh, ecologist, and tribal right, tribal elder, uh, Randy Krakowski joins me. Um, he's going to discuss his book. It's called Without Reservation, Awakening to Native American Spirituality and the Ways of Our Ancestors. I recently read the book quite fascinating, wonderful book, um, all, all kinds of topics around Native American, but really about all, who we are as a culture um, in the States and, and anywhere around the world, actually, in terms of dealing with, um, again, ancestors, uh, what it means to be connected. Uh, it'd be a, it's going to be a fascinating show. So join me next week for that. But now to close, we're going to have words of wisdom from Drusilla French. Well, you should have warned me that I was supposed to come up with words of wisdom. <laughs> I know it's already in there. It's going to come out naturally. I, I think November is the month for gratitude. And um, not to be grateful not only for those things that have come to you, those blessings of this life, but also to be grateful for the power you have to contribute to those around you, to share your gifts, to share your power, and to recognize that you do have the power to create your own life and to touch the lives of others in a way that that is good for good in their life and it comes from your best self. 
How about that? Right. That's excellent. So my next question for following on from that is, uh, how do we get that going? Because sometimes it's so hard to get a grateful attitude going. You know, we resist it because oh, it's tough. I don't feel like being grateful. Really? Well, um, it is November, and it is, you are coming to the end of this cycle. And um, if you're not hungry and you're not on a ventilator, it seems to me like, and you're not watching your bank account completely drained and wondering how you're going to stay in your apartment, then there's probably space for uh, for gratitude. And if you are one of those people um, or you know one of those people, then you have a real opportunity to um, help somebody. Yeah, very and good. I, the good yeah, way again, to a, find gratitude is to give it away. <laughs> Yeah, there's a choice again. You know, there's always I look at looking out from my window right now into the blue sky and thinking how beautiful this this fall day is, you know, and uh, it's given freely to me by uh, by creator, whatever. And uh, that that's a blessing. That's something to be uh, to be grateful for right in the midst of um, whatever else is going on. So, yeah, there's there's always right. that opportunity. Folks, uh, thanks for listening today to our, our show. And thanks again, Drusilla, for being um, such a great guest. Uh, wonderful insights, uh, good advice. Uh, we really appreciate you being on World Spirituality. It's my pleasure to speak with you. Take care, folks. Keep the faith. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye now. Bye. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org.